0: Hi, this is an unexpected launch, a show about stories and the people behind them. I'm speaking with people who've gracefully navigated unexpected life circumstances. These are stories of resilience, connection, and community. stories of lives being reimagined, rewritten, and rebuilt. I'm Kirsten and today's stories about Patty. Patty's a mom of four and she's recently published her first book. When he was Anna, A Mom's Journey, into the transgender world. This chapter of Patty's story began when her youngest daughter, Anna, announced at the age of 17 that she is transgender. Patty's husband explains in the foreword of her book that this book is about a parent's love and support for their child who, know, who now goes by Tristan. Patty, I appreciate your honesty in sharing the struggle, the heartache and the trauma of discovering, loving and supporting your transgender son. Patty, you and I share a passion and that is sharing our stories so that people feel that they are not alone. And you start one of your, your chapters with a quote from Maya Angelou that I absolutely love and speak so nicely to introducing our conversation today. And that is, there's no greater agony than bearing an untold story
1: inside of you. Patty, welcome to An Unexpected launch. Thank you so much, Kirsten. I am so excited to be here. Um, this is a little surreal for me, but, um, but yeah, thank you. I'm anxious, to, I'm anxious to speak with you today.
0: Fantastic, well, let's dive right in. And Patty, you are a mom of four children. I'd love to hear a little bit about your family of six.
1: Okay, my family of six. Um, my husband and I have been married since 1987. So almost 34 years, long time. We have four children. They are all adults now. They range in age from 30 to 20. And our 20-year-old Tristan is a transgender male. And we also have a three-year-old Maltipoon named Callie It <laughs> rounded us out.
0: I'm sure she's one of the most loved members of the family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, speaking of Tristan, so throughout your book, it, it comes through that Tristan has always been passionate, focused, driven, independent, and an achiever, excelling at everything that he put his mind to. And yes. prior, to, prior to coming out as transgender, Tristan struggled in, in middle school and high school. And I wanted to know a little bit about, about that and how that impacted your relationship.
1: Sure. Middle school is, uh, is tough, and I think that any parent who has had a child go through middle school would probably agree with me. Those years are, in my opinion, some of the most difficult parenting years that there are. Tristan's middle school years were especially hard because we watched this child that we had raised just changed drastically. Tristan, Tristan, the little girl, Anna, the little girl, was uh, passionate about Girl Scouts and martial arts and Bon Jovi. You know, classic rock. Bon Jovi was was the favorite. Very, uh, very outgoing. Very much a leader from a very young age. And suddenly, middle school. Um, was an abrupt change. And we had been through middle school three times before. So we get it, you know, this, we, we were not unrealistic in what we were looking for as far as the middle, middle school experience. But suddenly we had this this middle schooler who was very sullen, very depressed. Everything was very dark. And, and I mean that literally and figuratively. Um, we went from selling Girl Scout cookies and going to martial arts classes to suddenly everything was about um, black clothes and black combat boots and very dark makeup and very, you know, very, very dark hair color and um, music that was very dark, very indecipherable, you know, the screaming heavy metal type music. And again, I realized that kids begin to express themselves at that age and parents see changes and we don't always agree with everything our kids do at that age. This was very much to the extreme. So we really watched our child become someone we didn't recognize at all. Um, High school we thought would be better. And in in a way, I think things got a little better in high school. Um, Tristan joined the uh, marching band, which if there are any band parents who hear this you understand that that's a lifestyle it's it's not an extracurricular it's a it's a lifestyle commitment and and band was great because for us we thought okay new beginnings you know this will give Tristan a new set of friends a new passion a new focus And, and Tristan has always been a very focused passionate person and band was great marching band was was wonderful but it still was a challenge and it it was a challenge for reasons you wouldn't expect. Tristan's greatest strengths, the passion and the the dedication and the focus, it was almost too much. There was too much focus on band. There was too much passion about band. And we were fortunate as parents that we, we were able to be very involved. We were able to commit a lot of time. So we were able to stay close with Tristan and Tristan's friends but there was just something in the background that um, still caused Tristan a lot of angst. We we didn't know at the time that Tristan was struggling with a transgender identity. Uh, We just had no idea. Right.
0: Well, so taking that a little bit of a step back. So at age 17, you're in the car, you're driving with Anna And she tells you that she's a transgender male and she felt that her life up to that point had been a lie. So tell us what it's like having, so knowing the backdrop of this struggle that's been going on in in middle school and high school, what was it like to have this conversation and Anna share this with you?
1: We never saw it coming, you know, and and, and I say we, I, I speak for myself, but my husband and I, we and our children, our, our, our three older children, um, this was not on the radar for any of us. And I was completely and totally blindsided. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to say. I, I know I didn't say the right things because I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't understand it. I did not know any transgender people. I'd never met a transgender person. And I, I, was, I was lost completely
0: you know that was something that really came through in in your book is that struggle to understand because you you described anna as a child and and you know the girl scouts and and those some of those girly things and and i really appreciated you sharing that struggle and that difficulty to accept in the face of sort of no nothing that gave you that warning that 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 might be coming, yeah. or that's how Anna w- was feeling. Um, so you really, um, you felt blindsided. And how did you, how did you process this? As, as, you know, I know it was, it was definitely a journey and took time. But how did you process uh, Anna being a transgender male?
1: Not very well. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I think that I probably made every, um mistake stumble that I could make at that point, a lot of denial. You know, I, th- I think when we don't understand things, it's easy to, it's easy to deny those things. And that certainly um, was my first step was to say, no, there's no way this isn't true. This is, this is not a real thing here. Um, then when you start to process it, you, you search for, you search for things you've missed. And, and, and I, I can honestly say there's, there's nothing, there's nothing that I can look back on um, in Tristan's younger days, when, when Tristan was Anna, there's nothing I can look back on and say, oh, that's a sign that I missed. You know, I totally, completely missed that. I've, and I've looked for those signs. You know, I've searched and and they're just not there. So um, processing it was was hard. And, and honestly, after three years, it, it's easier, it's better, but there's still a certain amount of... of um, of mental angst, if you will, that, that creeps in from time to time.
0: You know, I think one of the, the things that I've talked with so many guests about is that urge to be able to move on and be, you know, come to sort of that, that sense of not closure, but acceptance. And I think that mm-hmm. it takes so much time. And, and this is something that I really want people to understand that when they have somebody who's struggling with something that there's no timetable and that you could feel great about accepting it yesterday but tomorrow you may wake up and 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 be back sort of not to square one but still sort of in that struggling and and it really it does take a long time and it very much is a journey and 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 things continue to to evolve
1: yeah they they do and as, and, I, and I'm going to speak in the, in the general term, but I think as parents, generally, what do you want for your children? You want your children to be happy. You, you want your children to have a life that's the life that they want. And, and that certainly is the case for, for all of, of my four children. I want them all to be happy and I want them to love their lives. And when this was all new for us, you know, no one was happy. Tristan wasn't happy. We weren't happy. We were all trying to deal with something that was just so foreign to all of us, and it was uh, it it was a challenge, and it certainly was was very impactful on our relationship. Um, there was a Tristan is a very determined person and very focused, and there was uh, there was a time early on when you know in the very very early days. When Tristan came to us and, and said, you know, I'm a transgender male and, oh, by the way, starting now, call me Lucas. Tristan had, had chosen the name Lucas for, for a short time. Call me Lucas and use male pronouns. It, it was emotional whiplash. So it, there, was, there was no time to ease into this for us. Um, you know, Tristan had had, had had time to process this. Um, we had to rip off a Band-Aid and it was, it was just a shock.
0: Well, and you write that during this period, your relationship with Tristan becomes volatile and, and explosive and, and strained. And you know, you're struggling, Tristan, Tristan is struggling and you're both struggling for, for different reasons. Yet at the end of the day, your family, you love each other. How did you continue to navigate the explosiveness of your
1: relationship? So that's a it's a big question. It's and I could probably you know write another book about that. Um, we did the best we could. It was it was it was trial and error. You know we we really um, again we we struggled because there we were with this child not a child, but this teenager, this 17-year-old that you know we loved desperately that was going through such a terribly emotional time. At the same time, we were going through a terribly emotional time. And there was so much anger, so much anger. And Tristan at age 17 was... Just filled with, filled with anger, and that came out toward toward us, towards um, towards the parents. Yeah. Again, any parent of a teenager probably says, "Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know that that happens." The problem with that is, for me, and I said this to Tristan, and I said to Tristan many times, the type of behavior that we're that we're expected to tolerate here in our home is behavior I would never tolerate from a stranger. So if a person walked in my door and spoke to me the way that you're speaking to me, I'd show them the door and tell them to leave. Yeah, you know, of course we didn't do that with Tristan, but I said, you know, why, why would I tolerate this from my child when I wouldn't tolerate this from anybody else in the world? And so it got to the point where you know, this was not a transgender thing this was a human relationship thing. And so we, we had to all get on the same page where, you know, there are certain behaviors that, that are just not acceptable. And, you know, it it doesn't matter how you identify. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your orientation. It just doesn't matter. What matters is you have to be polite and respectful and, and, you know, it goes both ways. Right.
0: Right. Well, and in fact, as as we've been talking about, there were a couple of times that you reacted in a way that you you acknowledged was was poor and you had some regrets. And I truly believe that in the moment we are doing the best that we can. And it's with time and reflection and 2020 hindsight that we might have acted differently in the moment, but we don't have access to that in that moment. And so in that vein, there are going to be people who are listening who find themselves in your shoes. What advice do you have for a parent who's navigating an untenable situation with their child?
1: Another tough question. Um, I am not a parenting expert. I'm not a relationship expert. I'm a mom who has worked through some pretty tough things. I will tell you that I, I believe any parent who has parented for more than about six months <laughs> probably understands that there are gonna be some, some, some reactions that you have that you wish you hadn't had. There are gonna be some things that you say and do that you wish you had not said or done. And I, and I would challenge any parent to, to, uh, to negate that. <laughs> yeah. But that being said, I, I think that for me and for a lot of parents, we strive for perfection that is completely unattainable. For me, personally, I felt like I had to be the perfect parent. My kids deserve the perfect mom and anything less than that was just unacceptable. That's such a mistake. It's such a mistake because we can never live up to that. So I think parents need to give themselves a pass sometimes. You'll learn from your mistakes. Like you said, hindsight, it's twenty twenty. Um, The important thing is that we learn and and that we're trying to do better. And if you're like me, a lot of the mistakes you made, hopefully most of the mistakes you made were made out of trying and out of love for your child, especially when you're navigating something that is so foreign to your family. But also at the same time, not to sound like I'm contradicting myself, but it's okay to have non-negotiables. It's okay for things in your family to be the things where you say, "Okay, oh, I draw the line here." For us, I just mentioned, for us it was being polite and respectful. You know, being able to have a conversation without screaming at each other, um, being able to listen to someone else's opinions or points of view, and that, to me, is for a non-negotiable. So. It's, it's okay. It's okay to draw that line in the sand sometimes and say, okay, no matter what, this is how we're expected to behave.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing that perspective. And, you know, I, I think that what people really want to hear is from moms who've been through the situation and who have a pearl of wisdom to share, because we all find ourselves, particularly when we're, we're, we're parenting teenagers, there are moments that every parent is going to regret. And we do it out of love and we do it out of thinking that we are doing the best thing for our child in that moment. But again, it's not until we reflect back that we think maybe I would have done that differently, yeah. but you don't know at Perfect. the time. And um, so I think we all as parents in any relationship, really, we need to give ourselves grace and we need not to have so much regret, but learn and then as you say apply that to the next time and and continue to evolve so one of the things that you talk about in your book that i so related to was your challenges in navigating the mental health system anybody who's tried to navigate the mental health system particularly for a child knows that it is we are woefully inadequate yes. in the united states and do you have any tips for a parent who might be entering into navigating this system for their child, who's seeking that help that is so desperately needed, but the right kind of help for their child?
1: Sure. The, the biggest challenge that we faced, and I do think this is a common challenge, and I'm going to use my family as an example. We needed a specialist for Tristan and gender dysphoria because that was what Tristan needed help dealing with. And by Tristan's own admission, you know this was this was not forced therapy. This was you know a, an acknowledgement in our whole family that Tristan really needed some help and support to navigate this. The problem that we found again, I think this is very common. You search for a, a therapist. Um, who is a specialist in gender dysphoria. And you probably find a few in, in, your, in your given locality. And chances are they're not taking new patients. So, so you, keep, you continue the search and you find a practitioner, or therapist who is taking new patients. But the likelihood that they're an expert in, for us, gender dysphoria, very low likelihood of that. So then you have to make a decision, what, what, what do you do? And of course you wanna help your child, and so you get an appointment with that practitioner who is not necessarily a, a specialist in the area that you need, but they're taking new patients, right? And as, as harsh as it sounds, you adopt the, well, this is better than nothing mentality. So, so, you, so you go, and if you're fortunate, there's a, there's a relationship that, that develops. It's a positive relationship. And, and so you feel like, again, in our case, your child is getting some benefit from, from this person and they're helping. So you continue down that road. Well, then six months, nine months, 12 months later, you get the phone call that the person that's a specialist in the area that you really needed has openings for new patients. Well, that by that point, yeah, you have a child who's seen this person for a year maybe and they've established a relationship. You can't just sever that and say, okay, guess what? We're gonna go here now. It just doesn't work that way. So that's, that, that's a tough one. What I wish I had done early on, I wish that I had, well, two things. Okay? Uh, one is unrealistic. I wish I had been able to have a conversation with several different therapists before we ever, you know, had any real interaction. Just, to, just to kind of see who's a good fit for our family. Uh, but you don't do that because you get an appointment and you feel so fortunate you take that appointment. Right. right? You go and you're happy that you could that you could have that appointment. Um, so that's number one. That's not realistic for most people. Wish I'd been able to do that. But what I really wish I'd done, I wish that I had shared what I needed with some of the people that I'm close to. There is still such a stigma for so many people to let other people know that you or someone in your family needs needs therapy, that you you need help working through something. And the reality is, If you share this with the people that you're closest to, chances are number one, they won't judge you. And number two, you're probably gonna get a pretty good referral. And I learned that after, it was too late. You know, by the time I was ready to open up and share with some of my closest friends and get some names, you know, we, we were very much ingrained in another direction.
0: Well, I I really appreciate you sharing that. I I think for so many of us it is, and this goes back to that being that perfect parent because we don't only want to be the perfect parent for our children, we want to be viewed as the perfect parent amongst our community. So we're ashamed of admitting that our child is in crisis and we need help. And once you started sharing with your friends your family's experience, how did that feel to you to be able to share that and be open and honest and vulnerable?
1: It was great. I mean, it was, there was a burden that was just lifted and it's, it's interesting um, the the disparity of, of things that, that came my way, you know, I had one, I had one friend who it's, this is even in my book, there's a chapter in the book called no one's perfect. And uh, it's about dinner I had with a friend and shared with her what was going on in my family and that that I was in the midst of writing this book. And the first thing out of her mouth was, you're not using your real name. I said, sure. How can I promise a book that's no BS if I don't use my real name? (laughs) And she said, well, you, you can't because you've spent your whole life trying to make people think you're perfect. And I was so taken back by that because I didn't think I'd spent my whole life trying to make people think I'm perfect, but she thought I had, and she'd known me for over 20 years. And so that was a hard thing to hear, but I needed to hear it. And it, it caused me to, to sort of sit back and reassess you know, what I put out there in the world. But then the, uh, the other extreme is suddenly when people found out what we were going through I start getting these messages, you know, text messages, emails, Facebook private messages, some people that I knew barely, some people that I thought I knew pretty well. And they began to share with me their experience with a family member in a similar situation. Maybe a child that was transgender or a sibling or a niece, a nephew. And, and again, some of these people I knew very well. I had no idea that this was in their life. Because we don't talk about, we don't talk about things.
0: Well, uh, um, conversations about sexuality are, are generally speaking, uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I have to imagine that once you started opening up your own family and those around you started opening up, the richness of the connection that you create is so much more meaningful. And you Mm -hmm. can really openly share the struggles that you're going through, and there's something so comforting and knowing I am not the only person who is struggling with this. And the feelings that I'm having are normal. These are normal feelings that other people who are going through this situation. And if, if you don't share, or you don't hear other people's experiences, you feel very isolated and that your experience is so unique and that you're, you're doing it wrong, or you're, you're not reacting in the right way. And so there's something so beautiful. And this is why I do this podcast, is that I think that people can listen to stories, and and it doesn't matter the circumstance, but they can see a little sliver of themselves in somebody else's story, and that creates that spark of hope. And so I'm so appreciative that you're you're openly sharing your experience, Patty, because I think it's so valuable for other people to hear it.
1: I, I appreciate that, and one of the reasons that, and there, there are many reasons why I ended up um, with a book, but one of the big reasons, the reason I even started in the first place to write down um, my thoughts, my feelings, I'm a researcher and just by nature, it's just what I do. If I, if I want an answer, I start looking for the answer. So when, when we started to, to face this with Tristan, what do you do? You, you buy books. You go to the internet, you, you do your, your, your searches, you, you go to social media, you know, all the things that we do, you know, in this modern age. And I struggled to believe with everything I read and all the research I did, I struggled to believe that there was not another person out there that I could find that thought and felt the way that I did, but I couldn't find it. it was It was one extreme or the other people either extreme advocates you know or or extreme opposition you know one or the other nobody was talking about well this is what it feels like as a parent when this impacts your family this is it the you know the raw honest truth here it is you know and and I don't I don't sugarcoat things in the book I mean again I'm you know it's It's very emotional and it's, and it's, it's pretty raw and it's, it's my story, but somebody had to, somebody had to tell it in, in an unpolished manner.
0: Well, what I appreciate about your story is that it is, it is raw. It is real. You don't sugarcoat it. And, and frankly, that's what people are looking for. People in your situation aren't looking for the sugarcoated. They, they want to, they want a roadmap and so i appreciate that you were very open in your struggles and um, and clear your your love for your family just absolutely shines through and and um, i think it's so important that you approached it in that way of just honesty because that's that's the only way it's going to be helpful to somebody if you presented your 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 journey through this in a sugar coated way somebody picks up your book and they are struggling, their their relationship is explosive. They're just gonna think, gosh, I'm not doing this correctly. And and so that's where being real about the really crappy stuff that we go through is so important. So I I really appreciated that. And I have to share with you that I found one of the passages in your book so poignant and you're writing about the family portrait that is hanging in your bedroom. And this portrait depicts Anna as a little girl in a pink dress. She looks like Anna, but she's not Anna, you write. She's not Tristan either. This child wearing pink sparkly shoes is not a little boy. So I imagine the complexity of the emotions that you must have. And I'd love to know what gives you strength on those days when you're feeling confused and exhausted and uncertain?
1: Fortunately, those days are, are, are becoming less and less. There were, we are three years into this now and there were an awful lot of those days in the beginning. The biggest thing for me has been a very, very strong marriage which I am so fortunate to have and I, and I understand what a blessing that is because not everyone has a a partner that supports them completely. Mm -hmm. And so that's made a huge difference for us and and our family. Have a lot of faith, have a very strong faith. And I think that throughout the book, I think there's smatterings of, of that throughout the book as well. I think watching Tristan develop and and grow become a happier person we're seeing that become a um, a very independent person much more so than than ever Tristan's always been incredibly independent Um, we're seeing that even more as an independent young adult that's that's probably been the best thing it's just watching this this evolution
0: well and that really speaks to time so so folks who are in those early stages of of the the journey and are feeling frustrated know that it won't be forever and that it will just take take some time no, so
1: sure.
0: as, as tristan is 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 you know progressing in in his journey as a transgender male he wants to begin male hormones and wants to have top surgery and you share throughout the book that this was this was particularly difficult for you, for, for him to take these two steps. Um, can you tell us a little bit about why you struggled so much with these particular steps in his transgender journey? Sure.
1: You have to remember, so Tristan was literally turning 17. This, this announcement came right before the 17th birthday. So Tristan was a brand new 17 year old and i i remember myself at 17 and i cannot imagine having to make decisions like that at 17 these are life altering decisions they're not certainly not life ending but they're life altering and my my fear my fear was and this this may this maybe it's a little selfish but my fear was that at some point Tristan would come to me and it could be five years, 10 years, 20 years, and say, I was 17. And it was your job to help with the big decisions. And why did you let me make those big decisions? I I was not equipped at 17 to make a life, a life-altering decision. I certainly wasn't. And I just, I struggle with, with anyone that age having to make such a decision. It's tough.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's hard as a parent because you're struggling with what you know from life experience. And when you're 17, you think that you sort of you know, know it all. But as a parent, when right. you look back, you realize how young 17 is. Uh, so Tristan does decide to move forward with, with male hormones and starts to, to begin looking more male. So you've been dealing with sort of the psychological aspects, but what was it like to start to witness Tristan's physical transformation?
1: It's hard. Tristan was, was Anna who is when I was pregnant. All four times. It was that was when you you learned the the gender of the baby when you were pregnant. So um, I knew that I was pregnant with a girl early on, and Anna Marie was named Anna Marie very early on. So at that point I'd had about 17 and a half years of of Anna. And she was a girly girl. You know, there are so many things. In, in Anna, the little girl's childhood that were so feminine that to just, to see the little girl, as, as you referenced in the pink dress and the pink sparkly shoes, look very much like a male. It's still hard, I, you, know, you, you, you get more used to it and it doesn't, it's not shocking because it's the same person, right. you know, Tristan's the same person, um, but the appearance certainly is different. And so that's, um, it's hard. Yeah.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. So I know that before you published your book, you, you had Tristan's approval. Has Tristan provided any feedback about the book or his experience with you sharing the story?
1: Yes. So when I when I first started to write, it was very much therapy. And that was the reason that I started to write. I, I needed I needed something that would help me because as a parent, you want to help your child. Well, you can't help your child if you're struggling yourself. So I needed to figure out what it was that would help me. And, and for me personally, writing was the thing. And at some point I realized you know what, you're not the only one. I mean, you know, we talked about that. This, this thing could be a book. So that's the path that I took and I had actually finished the book, really hadn't done anything with it. It was, it was a file on my computer. So Tristan and I were together, just kind of hanging out one day and I hadn't decided whether to share the book or not. And Tristan sort of opened the door. I don't remember what the conversation was, but sort of opened the door for that. And I said, well, yeah, I've done something I want to tell you about. And so there was that curiosity, you know, and I I shared one thing with Tristan. I said, when you're ready to read the book, let me know. I'd love your input, but before you read it, you need to know one thing. And that is that there are parts of the book where you look like a complete brat. And there are parts of the book, I look like a complete ass. So it's an equal opportunity fender for both of
0: us.
1: (laughs) Let me know when you want to read the book. So about a week later, I get this text message because, you know, that's what we do. We text, right? And the text says, okay, send me the book. So I sent the book and I said, this is for your eyes only. Because I, I want your feedback only. So Tristan read the book and at the end of, of all of this Tristan's feedback was and this is almost a direct quote the book was really well written i think you should publish it hmm. and i'll tell you for for a mom it's pretty high praise yeah. because i think that our kids can be our biggest critics
0: oh boy that's that's <laughs>
1: <laughs> And they and they don't typically hold it back you know if they if 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 they can find um, fault they typically do so that was pretty important if Tristan had 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 any hesitation about the book about the title of the book about anything the book would have stayed on the computer in a file and it never would have gone anywhere it would have been just great therapy for me and that's it
0: well that was that is such a seal, seal of approval to go from the relationship that you had to that that um endorsement I think should make you feel very proud and I'm I'm personally very happy that that was his reaction so that your book could
1: come forward thank you
0: so what is your relationship with with
1: Tristan today we're actually in a really good place and it's funny because that's a question i hear a lot from people that read the book because the book was a two year chronology so it was a snapshot really of the first two years and at the end of that two years we we were certainly a different place than we are now we were i think we were still struggling all of us and so so now we're a little over 3 years in and and we're we're good we're communicating very often Tristan doesn't live at home anymore hasn't for a couple of years that's the age we we text all the time which again that's what we do now you know we don't pick up the phone and call we text but we do, we do call sometimes, but um, so we're in communication, you know, at least several times a week. So I think pretty often for a, for a a mom and a 20 year old, I think that's pretty much on, on par. I
0: think Uh, that's great. (laughs) See
1: each other, you know, not, not every day, but because we don't live, you know, close to each other that close, you know, we're a county or two away, Uh, but see each other regularly. And I think the, the, best thing that i can say right now about how we've evolved as far as our relationship is we can get together without being angry yeah you know, we can get together we can have dinner we can have conversations we can laugh and we can we can walk away from that from that uh, that evening together uh, not exhausted from arguing And that's a real accomplishment for us.
0: Yeah, that has to feel amazing. Cause I know that there are a couple of years where it it didn't feel quite as easy. (laughs) It was tough.
1: Yeah, there were some tough years.
0: Yeah. So it was your lifelong dream to to write a book. Um, This may not have been the story you thought that you were going to be telling, but um, I'd love to hear how writing the book and putting yourself
1: out there, how has that impacted you? It's been pretty significant. Um, I am, I'm a fixer. I'm a changer. So I, 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 I approach everything with, oh, how can I fix this? How can I make this better? How can I change it? This whole process of, of learning to deal with something, learning to accept something that, that I originally thought, oh, I need to change this. I need to fix it has, has been, as, as I mentioned, this is therapy for me. The cool part is having so many people reach out to say, oh, I had no idea. I learned so much from this. And, and again, the story not, it wasn't written to educate. It, it, was, it was written as a memoir. So to have people say, I had no idea, you know, either I had no idea your family was going through this, or I had no idea about any of these things that you shed light on in your book. Mm-hmm. So to have people step forward and say, well, this was really, this was helpful for me. Um, has been very very impactful and and I you know I look forward to more of that in the in the future because I I think as you have said you know a couple of times this is how we help people we share our stories and let people know that there's somebody else out there that's facing this the the same or a very similar struggle Mm -hmm. and there's comfort in that
0: yeah absolutely so you mentioned you're a researcher, and when you want to find something out, you 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 go look for those resources. What resources were most helpful for you?
1: There were a lot. So I'll I'll just sort of share, you know, sort of the directions that I took. Um, obviously, you know, we we live in a world of of um, everything on the internet, which can be wonderful and it can be awful, but there are there's so many resources there, it's, it's a little overwhelming. Uh, I did a lot of research, read a lot of books uh, from different perspectives. So a, a lot of books that, um, that took a very favorable, supportive stance, and I read some books that didn't take a favorable, supportive stance. My hope being that, um, my book was 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 just a, a neutral, balanced account of again my experience, but the reading uh, was very helpful. And, and again, it it can be overwhelming. There's so much. Local support groups. Th- there are some some local support groups. You know, uh, obviously COVID's impacted. You know, for the last year or so. You know, all of that. But sharing with friends has has been. You know, very helpful, very impactful. Really for me, I, I can't point to one thing and say, okay, that's the one thing that really, you know, was the best thing. Traditional therapy, you know, we did some of that. Tr- Tristan, you know, obviously has has been much more involved with that. We were at, at one point. Um, it was just a combination, you know, for me, it was just piecing together, okay, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and, and, and we'll put together sort of a package that works for you and and, and for me, ultimately, you know, it came down to, um, how I chose to, to provide my own therapy really at the end of the day.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's been a journey. What are some of the beautiful gifts that have come throughout this journey?
1: So I'll start with the, the most superficial and selfish is I published a book. It was number one on my bucket list. I never in a million years thought that would be my topic, um, but it it was, and, um, it happened. So that was, you know, again, very, very, uh, very superficial, but, but that's, that's a pretty cool thing. It's something I've always wanted to do. Having people come to me again, now I've mentioned this, having people come to me and say, Hey, I'm in this boat. Finally, somebody, said what I was thinking, said what I felt. That's, 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 that's pretty cool. But, and again, I think I've mentioned this, watching Tristan evolve into um, a, a, a confident, um, independent young adult has been a um, pretty cool part of the journey.
0: Yeah, I love that. So Patty, what's your greatest hope?
1: Another big question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't go for the easy ones.
1: <laughs> you don't go for the easy ones. So let's, let's since this is about the journey that, that our family has been on with our youngest child, I, I will tell you my greatest hope for, for Tristan. And that is that uh, Tristan's life is filled with happiness. And that Tristan is surrounded with, um, with people who, who provide joy and who are non judgmental.
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing.
1: Sure.
0: Well, Patty, this has been phenomenal. It's, it's just been such a pleasure for me to have the opportunity to, to meet with you, to read your book, to share your story. Is there anything that you and I haven't touched upon yet that you would like people to know?
1: Yes, so first of all, thank you so much for providing this, this forum. It's wonderful, so that people like me can, can share with others um, how they've dealt with things that, that sort of blindsided their family. So I, I do appreciate that. The one thing I'd like to share that's become very important to me, when I was preparing for my book signing, I had to come up with a very short, simple phrase. That I could write over and over and over that sort of summed up the entire experience in just a few words, wow. which was a challenge. But I but I did that and I came up with something that I'm very happy with, and I'd like to share that with you. So here it is. You can call it my motto, my 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 catchphrase, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's this: the struggle is real, and so is the love. Hmm.
0: That's perfect. That is, I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you, Patty. Thank you. I'd like to to, uh, conclude our conversation with another quote from your book. And I thought it was a perfect way for us to end our conversation. Go and love your children exactly as they are. And then watch them become the truest and most wonderful versions of themselves. All they need all anyone really needs is to feel loved and appreciated for exactly who they are. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend about the Unexpected Launch podcast. Doing so helps to make sure that our stories are reaching those who need encouragement and hope. And for those of you who'd like to view our videos, please visit the Unexpected Launch channel on YouTube. Thank you.